got this in December and then I spoke in St. Joseph's Church and St. Gabriel's Church asking for voluntary helpers and 80 people came along and um, they converted the building uh, for us and uh, well I'll be showing you around you'll see what it's like then. But you have to leave this building now do you? Yes because again uh, we got this building at a nominal rent it's worth I'd say a couple of thousand a year if you're renting it at its proper value well we're getting it for £10 a year. Uh, it, we had hoped that it would be 1972 before the start of the development programme but it's come along faster this area will everyone is supposed to move out by the 1st of May so we've applied again to the Camden Housing Department we've applied to the Greater London Council uh, for a building if they have one we'll get it but it's possible that we'll just have to buy a building How much might this cost? Well, it depends what the building's like no it could cost quite a few pounds. In figures, roughly, what would you be prepared uh, to spend in a building for this well, kind of work? Well, our first work is trying to get it for a nominal rent. That would be the, you know, the first way of looking at it. Uh, I think what has come up is that this work is very necessary. It's the only thing of its kind for the young people along these lines. Um, it's necessary, and I think we should be prepared to pay whatever. We need a large building <coughs> uh, where they can take part in activities, we can have a coffee bar to provide food for them as well. You need quite a lot of offices. You need small rooms for various other activities. We'd have a staff of about six. Now, that's a necessary building. Then on top of that, we would hope to go into eventually accommodation. Something that is probably obvious to you, but it just strikes me as we're talking, you have this house for such a short while. Yes. You've converted it. You've yes. got all the helpers. You've got yes. boys and girls coming in. That's did right. you know you'd lose the house? So? We did. But our main thing was we were starting an experiment here. Uh, it was a ramshackle of a place. Uh, we wanted to uh, see how voluntary helpers can convert a ramshackle of a place into um, a proper building known this condition as bright coloured. And also we had to let... Um, the various people in authority realise that if we're in this work, we're going to go into it in the proper way. I asked you there a few moments ago about boys sleeping out and so on. Do you have any particular cases, no names, that would yes. stick in your mind of where there boys are. had been? Could you yeah. tell me? Well, they might go into uh, um, vacant houses. Uh, they might sleep in uh, a park of some sort. Um, I say, I suppose... Uh, looking for a vacant house for quite a number of uh, people who sleep, young people, old people. Um, they're not in favour of some of the very big hostels because of other problems that are there. Uh, we have two other night shelters, uh, Centrepoint in Soho and the Legion Mary over in Kentish Town, who will help us out a good deal with uh, maybe one night or two nights, something like that. Uh, again, if a boy is 
really trying to make a go of things. Uh, he might have to sleep out for a few nights, but there isn't any reason why he shouldn't be able to get a room of his own eventually by why, working. Why do they avoid the larger hostels? For what reasons? Uh, you've got all the people there and you've got... Uh, it's not good companionship for them. Uh, there are problems there which even those in authority are not willing to accept young people. They do it reluctantly. Have you met Irish boys who have been hungry? Very often, yeah. Um, <clears throat> again, it's not just the fact that they're, uh, that they're not working or don't have a room. It's because there's something lacking within them. There, there's something else um, bothering them. And this type of work, um, you don't change a person in one day. You're trying to provide something for them. And it'll take quite a number of years, I think, before a person like this can eventually find his feet. I think you said you get a regular group coming, do you? Yes, you have for these um, for the evening sessions and then the weekends where we have activities going on. Next door, you probably hear the noise. This is a small group discussion going on at the moment. Um, so these would be the uh, regular people. Again, many of them are young people who have come in really to help others. Say these people next door, now what sort of a cross-section are they? Uh, a mixture. Very people much, who very have much been in trouble and people who have not. Um, there's no one there actually who has been uh, in trouble with the law, but there, there are some there who could very easily get into trouble with the law. And you feel that your place here is a great help to avoid this? Yes, uh, but again, we must be more than that. The staff wouldn't be satisfied, and the voluntary helpers wouldn't be satisfied with this. It's just keeping them out of trouble. It's, it's keeping the person out of trouble by helping to direct them into something which is worthwhile, where he can see that his life is worth living, and by contributing towards society instead of harming society in a small way or big way. And what a time it was, it was A time of innocence A time of confidences Long ago it must be I have a photograph Preserve your memories They're all that's left you As far as I'm concerned, I came to England two years ago. Um, I wanted to do two, two things, um, to get a job and to study. And um, I nearly forgot the most important thing, which was the social element of how one starts to build a life up among what is a very different environment, a very strange environment. Um, I joined several organisations and uh, eventually found my home sort of in this one. Um, small, well, it's growing club for Irish boys and girls, and um, it's somewhere where I can find companionship, Irish companionship. You find it very difficult over here to uh, integrate with English families. An Englishman's home is his castle, really, and um, you're very seldom invited to an English home. So this 
place where I am now, Benburg Base, is fulfills the function for me at least of where I can meet Irish folk, where I can meet Irish friends, where a variety of interests are catered for, and um, where I, I, I feel just almost as much at home as I did at home. <laughs> I arrived in London about uh, three months ago to study down here. Um, I didn't know anybody when I arrived here. I came down from Liverpool, where I've been living for several years now. Uh, my family having moved over from Dublin some time ago. Um, I didn't know anybody when I arrived here. Um, first week here, I saw notes in the back of the church advertising Benburb Base, uh, which is the Irish youth club here, and I found my way here. And having arrived here now, I know several people and um, I'm generally on my feet here. Socially, um, apart from the base here itself, where we have a dance once a week and uh, a debate and discussions quite frequently, there are a number of um, Irish dance halls in um, or in London, which I frequent. And the prices are more or less the same as they are in Dublin. And uh, I think generally that I'm quite happy here now. Tell me, what did you want to study? Um, economics. And are you actually studying that? Yes, I'm actually studying economics. I get a grant from Liverpool Education Authority. Do you stay around here? Yeah, I'm in a ho student hall of residence. Do you like it? Yes, certainly, yeah. There's very little integration. And as Finbar says, there was only the dance halls only the places where they could meet for a night or so. And that's why I thought the base was a good idea, because it catered for a lot of interests, and it could provide a kind of a home base for people who were away from home and who would be desperately lonely. Because I, I thought that was a big thing about London. Every immigrant group, every group, even English people in London, are desperately lonely. I think there's a more need for places like the base to cater for them. I moved from where I was to be closer to the base. I've met an awful lot of hostility, but not because of my nationality, perhaps because of my ideas and my attitudes, but I don't think pe English people were opposed to me because I was Irish, more or less because, you know, my ideas perhaps weren't very acceptable to, to, their, to them. But um, I think what's wrong in Ireland is that, you know, because conditions are so bad, people think there's bound to be a heaven somewhere, you know, so they get the idea that London is it, you know. And they come over, and things really aren't any better, you know. They don't improve. And the old joke about the paddy picking up the five-pound note and saying he'd wait on Monday, you know, it's just a lot of rubbish, really, because, you know, things aren't like that. I think it's good It's good to come to London to get a, a sort of... You get a change of ideas and change of attitudes, and you meet different people. You can be really up against it, you know, which I think is a good thing, because, you know, it really enlightens, you know, it really enlightens you as an individual, you know, you're really more capable, I think, of trying to do something for yourself, you know. What England was like when I had got a sister here who fixed me up in digs and uh, uh, as I got out, got on the boat and got out of the train, I found it a very strange place and very lonely and felt very lost here, lost for quite a while. But uh, having a sister here was a great help to me. 
but I always found, you know, I try to get in contact with different places like this, and I was on the watch out for them. But I never saw what I really liked or what I thought would be suitable to me until Ben Borbase came up. And this has been a great help to me in every way. And it's a very friendly place. People are allowed to speak and a lot of freedom here. Some nights we'll take politics and some nights we take um, sort of religion, education, everything that we can find that has a certain amount of interest, especially for us as young people who are, are like Martin said, trying to discover our way in the world. I was talking you know, to you there earlier on, I mentioned the, the, said the girl took radio service and you knew straight away what I was at. How did you know this? I did. I, I was in the Irish movement when I was at home and very, very, still very, very interested in Irish and in all things Irish. Well, Lauren Tom Gwelling. Well, cultural heritage in the Irish language. There are things like bread and butter that are more important and must be more important to the country. What's your first bread and butter priority? My first bread and butter priority is a country called Ireland that can keep its people at home, give them jobs and work and an adequate way of living. Uh, until that is established, we can't really cater for the cultural interests in any society. Culture is a prerogative of those people who have money and... It is true. It is a prerogative of the of the moneyed class, and you've got to admit this. And until Ireland is able to feed its people and care for its people and give its people jobs, then we can do nothing about reviving the language of Ireland. Time it was, and what a time it was, it was. A time of innocence, a time of confidences. Long ago it must be, I have a photograph. Preserve your memories, they're all that's left you. beautiful pictures in here, we try to anyway. It's where the beautician's course is run once a week. We have a tutor from the London Borough of Camden and there's about ten girls come into it and they've been going through eye makeup and hairstyles and face structure and using some of the photographs in the big fashion magazines see what they really like. There's about four or five of the members are interested in art and actually taking classes in art. A lot of the pictures are if they're not abstract, there's a lot on London. Outside of this room, there's two big murals of London at night, flats, lights and things, and just a picture of London, St Paul's, a kind of an impression of it, where the dancers go on. There's also a very strong picture of a man standing with his fist clenched or raised. What's the significance of this one? This was based on the pop song, um, 
to reach the unreachable star or something like that. And it's a kind of a moral picture. It could be taken as a, as a motive at the base that we must strive to reach what we want. myself uh, look after the welfare side, the uh, jobs and accommodation and arranging for social security and generally looking after whenever they need to a loan of money or anything on that line, the financial side. Or, um, the way I see it is uh, arriving in London is a very critical stage in anybody's life. No matter even how well off they are, they can either it can either make them or break them. I've known fellows come with lots of money and well-placed, and they just for sheer lack of not meeting the right person at the right time, they'll stay in a hotel, spend all their money, they find themselves on the road, they're fed up, and very often they'll come back saying, a lot of requests come, could you give me the fare back to Ireland? And going from there, you find out they don't really want to go back to Ireland, they just haven't made a go of it here. And um, when we discuss it longer with them, I don't like to see them going back to Ireland as failures. Fair enough, go back, but go back having succeeded. So I try and say to them, try and get on your feet, and when you're on your feet, then you can make a decision whether you like London or whether you're not. But until you've got a chance, you can't make any reasonable decision. And you get they get caught in a vicious circle. Suppose they run out of money. They uh, go around to the Social Security. The Social Security say, what's your address? They say, well, I haven't got an address. And say, well, I can't help you until you have an address and a job. They go around to, the, um, to get a job then. And uh, very often the employers don't want to have them either unless they can have a reference from where they're living. So they can't get a job unless they have accommodation and they can't get accommodation unless they have money and they can't get money unless they have a job. So where are you? And we have an arrangement with the Social Security that if we can get them a room and a job in the same day and also send them back to the Social Security and get all that in before 4 o'clock, where they close at 4 o'clock, then they're on their feet. But if they don't get that in before four o'clock, and it's very difficult to get tall a room, order. it's a tall order. Sometimes it happens if we have the room straight away and they can just ring up. But if, if it's a person who requires to see the person, then they just couldn't possibly make it. But we have a number of contacts where we just ring up and say, can I book in somebody? And they'll say yes. Fair enough. Then they have an address as from that moment. What age groups do you have here? Um, the youngest is 16. We've had, we had a number of 16-year-olds. I don't think we've had a 15-year-old up to the average age, I'd say, is about 18 or 19. Are many of them from orphanages? Quite a number of them are from orphanages because we have, we consider ourselves particularly set up for that person and we have contacts with Eccles Street in Dublin, mm. the Our Ladies Hostel, and they, anybody who's coming over from there, they refer them straight to us. Another thing that I noticed tonight, boys and girls mix quite freely and quite happily here. They There's do. no problems or gauche or anything like this. Uh. Not noticeably, not noticeably at all. Where do the girls come from mostly? The same sort of background as the boys? No, not so much. We find that the girls are more stable. You know, all the problems with jobs, accommodations, running out of money, finding themselves on the streets, um, 90% of them are boys, I, from our experience. We've had a number of girls, but nothing like the number of boys. I think girls are more afraid to get themselves in this position. Uh, it does happen, but uh, they're... There are more things available for girls as well. Nobody will leave a girl out where they leave a boy. What um, what sort of hours do you work? Oh, we work. Uh, we start at about ten. 
and uh, we closed the base at half ten, but very often we have a staff meeting after that, so, I mean, the hours are very long, really. Where do you come from? I come from Baltimore, County Leitrim. I hear the drizzle of the rain Like a memory it falls Soft and warm continuing Tapping on my roof and walls And from the shelter of my mind through the window of my eyes I gaze beyond the rain-drenched streets To England where my heart lies Well, I didn't really come to London, I just stopped off for a break because uh, I was living in Dublin. It was ridiculous trying to work for the money we were getting. I was receiving, so I decided to join the Merchant Navy where I was for five years and... 21st of September, I just decided to take a break and come ashore. But I don't think much of shore life, and especially London. It's a rat race, I think, you know. What do you think of this place here? The, the base? base, I think it's a very good place. Very good idea, definitely. Do you come here very often? Yeah, every night. <laughs> <laughs> That's very often, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I came to London, uh, when I first heard about the base, I thought I could come in and give my contribution to the base, so I came here and Ever since I find I've part of it, and I feel there's something wrong if I can't come here some night, so I find myself coming here as often as possible. And I think it's a very good place. You can see by all the happy faces around us that people are enjoying themselves here, and I hope it will continue like this. Do you feel that you were sufficiently prepared in Ireland for the kind of situation that you might find here? Well, you can get the same back in Dublin. There's drugs going around, the same in Limerick. Anywhere you go in Ireland now, it appears to be all the same, so it doesn't really matter where you are. These abuses were going on all around me at home, so just the same here. What do you do at the base? Um, well, I just come and enjoy myself, really. Um, I, I came first because uh, I, I've been here two years, and for the first year I was um, quite lonely, and um, since I've come here I've felt better. Um, I came uh, because I thought I could help in some way and because I thought I could make friends. And um, I find it a friendly place. I feel part of it now. I say I'd like to go home maybe in three or four years' time because no matter... I still like Ireland, and I'd love to settle in Ireland. I don't want to remain here. I can't see how anyone could live here and rear a family here in London. You know, life is so easy going, and you can have a good life. Money doesn't mean everything, so I'd like to settle in Ireland, even for half the money I'm getting here. Any comment? I'd like to say, you know, that a number of us here um, are getting educated here, and when we finish our education, we want to go back home. Yeah. This is quite... Quite a number here who are in that position. Well, at the moment I'm over here doing A-levels, and this is a big step. It's sort of, I consider it a step between university and living certificate, and I hope 
to go on maybe back to Dublin and go to university as my sister is doing at the moment. But I feel that eventually I'll go back to Ireland and settle down there. You're a man with the lure of the sea, obviously. Do you yes. feel you might go back to Ireland and settle? No, well, I'll go back to Ireland when they can give me a proper living wage, I'll go back to Ireland, not till then. What were you earning when you left? Well, when I left, I was 17-year-old, £4.10 a week job. Every job was the same. I had one two weeks holiday working in a woodwork yard, which is big money, £7 a week. And that was no good, so that's why I just got out. How long will you stay ashore now? Well, I'll, I'll be ashore three months, the 21st of this, this month, December. But uh, I'm thinking a strongly Christmas week, like to say, maybe fly out somewhere, you know. Yes, the sea has obviously been a good life for you. Yes, definitely has, yeah. Have you met many Irish at sea? Yes, I've met a lot of, especially radio officers, you meet a lot of them. Because of their clear voice, they say, you know. Well, I felt very lonely, you know. I knew no one over here. Didn't know what to do. What was the first thing you did when you came off the train? If you could sort of trace that day for me in your mind. Well, we got a tube up the shepherd's bush and we were trying around the ever flats. And then we made our way down to the other centre. And they fixed us up with digs that night and to come back Monday morning to see it, the social uh, welfare officer. So she got us fixed up with a flat and they sent us up to Bamboo Base. And Bamboo Base got us fixed up a walk. Would you say that you're happy enough now in England? Oh, yes, when you're walking. It's a good place. I was 21 years when I wrote this song. I'm 22 now, but I won't be for long. Time hurries on And the leaves that are green Turn to brown And they wither with the wind And they crumble in your hand Once my heart was filled with the love of a girl Close, but she faded in the night Like a poem I meant to write And the leaves that are green Turn to brown And they wither with the wind And they crumble in your hand I threw a pebble in and watch the ripples run away And they never made a sound And the leaves that are 